let's let's segue into the mm. next uh, section mm. so we uh, till now we spoke about the problems and then we looked at the parents perspective and then we spoke about the children's perspective and then we shared some toxic stories uh, that is pervasive in the society and now we are sort of at the stage where we can look at possible explanations for uh, such things in indian society and the first explanation comes from evolution mm. right our society is patriarchal and why is it so because uh, one explanation is because evolution made it so it made uh, man stronger um, and by strength what comes is man then started to acquire power and status and marriage was later a tool to bring in status money and power wasn't it so women on the other hand uh, you know without that strength like the masculine strength they started to nurture their offsprings and they were much more attached to them and they can uh, take care of uh, their offsprings i mean uh, not just human i think uh, probably in uh, <clears throat> in animal kingdom also it's probably the same um and then i'm i'm not saying in this context men can't uh, nurture their offsprings men can do it but it's it's an ex- exception it's not mainstream at least Mm. then uh, the power that uh, there everyone try to acquire and which made the society patriarchal uh, that's slowly changing now i mean um, ob- obviously we can see society is transforming into something which is uh, what i call soft power soft power is uh, uh, soft power is kind of common to everyone who has at least money and or some sort of uh, you know status in the society um but nevertheless any sort of uh, power or ego all these things corrupts everything else and from that evolution point of view uh in living in a patriarchal society uh, has corrupted lot of thought process in uh, in indian society and then uh, that probably is one of the reasons why um we see such behavior when it comes to see, marriage again <clears throat> i of course it is easier on hindsight to term it like patriarchal society and everything i mean i'm fully aware that you know women have not had the best time historically speaking but uh, successive generations they've just gotten better and i think it's it is part of that evolutionary process and it's not just about i don't think it's just about power power can be like a, of course the, that the man essentially want to you know being that alpha in the pride or what not um, like when you look at other mammal behavior or like you know if you look at the monkeys and our greater primates um, it's quite similar that hierarchical power structure but when you actually think about the modern world that was built it it also with that power actually came a lot of sacrifice to men you know this world was built essentially by by war by struggle by fight by a lot of fighting and then you create these modern empires again built built a lot within this quote and quote patriarchal structure where it has always also been men who have suffered within that structure so i i think more than 
No, I, th- this is not a man versus woman no, no, argument. No, no, it's not. I'm just telling one of the reasons why we have such problems in marriage is because uh, uh, because the society has developed yeah, in that but, way. True. And uh, as I said, marriage was used as a tool to bring in status, money, and power, which is sort of the problems that still true, exist today. True, but my, my point um, is... So that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, true, but my point is it's not something that... um like i can i can fault someone you know what i mean like i can fault like say a gender saying that oh because it was it it is just in continuum it was not something that i learned to become patriarchal you know what i mean it's not that men were thrust upon no no i'm telling it evolved it evolved into a patriarchal structure that definitely cannot be yes. ஸ்ட்ரெங்க் which was uh, which was the symbol of mm. power is changing yes. now it's it's much more soft power and that comes with uh, money and what not anyway i think we both are on the same page there uh, next point is uh, education uh, <laughs> this is again it's a controversial one or maybe not but uh, indian education system has consistently taught uh, children to suppress their feelings um, i mean with teachers or with uh, you know mentors in in their life it's uh, or with parents itself who are teaching uh, much of the no- uh, much of the uh, knowledge to the children it's all that uh, one of the things is you suppress your feelings you you don't they don't know how to express emotions so emotional intelligence is rather non existent in a curriculum like can you uh, expound on can you expound on age. that like like can you like like in the sense like like one yeah one thing is people don't know how to behave around the opposite sex right i mean it's not in, not in cities probably or it is in cities as well but anyway um you don't know how to behave around the sex uh, you don't you know how to let's just look into eyes and then speak you're often looking into the feet and then speaking What? and then or you're looking elsewhere yeah, this this happens right you know in uh, when you meet someone whom someone new for example mm-hmm. uh you're trying to make their acquaintance you're rather having a difficult uh, conversation uh well, this is this is very much true in uh, villages and everything uh, mm, so probably um then uh, uh, other thing is uh, parents don't encourage their children to go out and mingle um uh, certainly not not going to let anyone to bring their girlfriends or boyfriends into their house yeah. which is sort of uh, the things that you would see in in the west which is allowed you know you try to mm. uh, mingle and be part of the society but does it make it any better though that's uh, my question does that behavior uh, this no, doesn't matter i mean that's yeah, like because uh, that's that's again arguable i'm telling i'm t- i'm just telling uh, the education or the system that we uh, mm. live around it is sort of you know try to suppress the feeling so at critical junctures you don't know how to behave for example uh, like the stories that we shared mm. uh, you don't know how to behave to another uh, person uh, and then you know treat them as equal human being that's that's not happening mm. um you know other thing this is i have read somewhere uh, on the internet that it says that indians would uh, 
wait until 30 years of age to have sex but they won't wait for 30 se- seconds in the traffic signal junction it was, mm. it, it's rather you know um that second i think it's uh, it's it's what the system brings so that could probably be one of the reasons why uh, such toxicity exists in you, you, in their own you know, marriage see, well, that's also i think it's a strangely i attribute that you know, we had this case study okay which is quite interesting so the same indian you take me who has lived in india for let's say 30 years or 40 years of my life if i was let's say if i moved to the uk i would wait in the traffic signal so but but not just in not just like everywhere in the uk like probably in reading but if i went to london i would be that same person who is waiting to jump that light i think it's pretty much a population density problem where everybody wants to get everywhere at all times as opposed to it being uh, being a social problem i think we we suffer from the perils of having a lot of people no it it's just like it's just an example isn't it because again if you think about it which is better uh, waiting in the traffic uh, so that everything moves true ideally ideally that ideally that yeah yeah i mean that that's the right way to go which means you might have to improve the infrastructure or whatever but if you i mean you you obviously see people are driving on the footpath and what not uh, considering we have a high population people don't really care about uh, you know deaths yeah which or any sort of injuries that's caused by such reckless behavior yeah. so um, again i was just uh, taking one example again i'm generalizing yeah. with i sort of have to mm. do uh, it always i mean for many people in this country this might not be relatable especially people uh, who are grown up in grown up in cities so but uh, sadly it's sort of the truth that this exists out there right another explanation is what uh, i like to call trophy parenting <laughs> this is this is a good one parents like to brag about their children in this country so so i think they bring up their children as trophies and uh, trophy parenting like it's they want everything best for their children so when when it comes to the to marriage they they choose the best bride grooms as well mm. you know mm. what i mean um it's, it's just that they love them too much maybe that's the case but uh, with that they never uh, make them independent they always think they're part of their body uh, you know as a trophy that they carry around uh, or they keep them as a 30 year old pet yeah. in their house or in their life <laughs> um, so that's what that's probably one explanation it is true isn't it you, you would definitely see all these yeah, things yeah and and, and i think and i think and i think when when they tr- carry them around like a trophy and when they go out with someone they don't approve of it's that sense of betrayal that they have they're like oh my god i gave you so much you know i put you through this class that class and all of that and this is what you do to me find some random person in your class and then like you know go out with them it's crazy yeah this i mean they create that situation to make children feel that they are indebted yeah. to the to them for the food or clothes or the yeah. education that they have provided from their hard earned yeah. uh, money where they transform their sweat into blood and what not or blood into sweat otherwise yeah, i don't know uh, so and it is not told very sometimes it's told very overtly but subtly they always put it that uh, the children has to be aware of the parents sacrifice and sufferings mm. in their adulthood because there were kids and these are there are constant reminders of this but uh, 
yeah that's a, that's that's a sad reality and this is sort of this nudge if you look at this behavioral science this is always in the kids mind and they think um the parents have done so much for them and uh, that, i mean probably i say with this vice versa love it yeah. exists because of this as well because there is some some nudge happening in the unconscious yeah. and to an extent um, some of them really do like i mean i i know for a fact that um you know sometimes i mean it's not the trophy parent not the trophy parent but otherwise parents do recognize the strength and weaknesses of the child and then make sure that weakness is like you know overcome when they're fairly young give them the right sense of direction mm. i know i would have end up end up a lot more yeah, worse yeah. if you know i was in put in the right classes at that right time though i hated it at the time um yeah on hindsight right but yeah the trophy thing is quite i think it's just filled with vanity you know it's just to show that yeah that's shit next is indian way of living and so we know that there are four stages brahmacharya um grihastha vanaprastham and sanyasam right so for for the audience brahmacharya is where you gain all the knowledge collect uh, in information you learn different skills and, and you're celibate uh grihastha uh yeah you're a celibate as well and then uh, grihastha is where you try to settle down use all the knowledge that you have gained to put that into use for something productive i suppose and that's when you get married as well and then you form that uh grihastha way of living where you are a family man basically or a family woman right um and that goes on for some time and then you uh, s- get to one aprastha stage where you are slowly detaching from uh, the material world and then finally you go into this sanyasa phase where you move out of your household and then try to unite with the absolute you know the oneness and what not so this is the four uh, phases of indian in indian way of living so the question is for young ones at what age does the uh, brahmacharya stop and the grihastha begin is 30 the magic number right and for parents what age should vanaprastha and sanyasa start uh, you know what i mean but this it seems like they have fixed that 30 number but they never detach from their children uh, what on the contrary what they try to do is they try to attach their own meaning of life to their children and their grandchildren so uh, they don't know how to detach from the material world and then seek something else like seek the meaning of life uh, elsewhere or um, try to unite with the with the absolute which is the sanyasa phase this is not happening perhaps this used to happen when uh, these scriptures were written but uh, right now it's not and um, if 30 is that magic number for uh, young people um, then everything makes sense but that's not defined it's it's rather a floating number isn't it so but it is parents trying to fix that number you know, so that seems again, to be one of the problems it is, probably it is. and again we you know i've spoken about this also in great detail with some of these erudite scholars of religion um and what i've gathered through the years is that what is more dangerous than uh than not knowing the scriptures is partially knowing the scriptures right and <laughs> uh of course this thing of you know oh it's got to be brahmacharya it's got to be uh, grihastha vanaprastha and sanyasa is is gone the people go around beating this but then they forget the four 
purusharthas which are superimposed on these four stages which is dharma artha kama and moksha so that yeah. brahmacharya phase is where you gather all dharma where you know what dharma is and you you have an understanding of the world morality what is right what is wrong and then in grahastha ashram is where you focus on artha where you build you know economic wealth prosperity because economics or wealth is what artha sustains dharma so dharma becomes that base through which you power artha and then mm. in vanaprastha you start leaving kama which is all your desires your lust your greed all of that is given away you detach and then sanyasa is for moksha so uh, when i talk to when i yeah. talk to sanyasis even now deep in the himalayas what when in their interactions with society what they've told me very frankly is that people have forgotten what vanaprastha is so they they live a life for 50 50 brahmacharya grahastha brahmacharya grahastha so you have people who are 70 years <laughs> old who are in love with uh, you know the other person in a very physical way which is i which is not a bad thing i'm not i'm not anybody to judge but the thing is you forget what stage of life you're in at 70 you want to live at the thing that you're 35 i mean you can be my guest do that in all means but how long will you do it you'll cause more conflict what a what a person is supposed to do in vanaprastha is give away all responsibilities active responsibilities let's say you were running a company a family business you know you let the son or the daughter run it and what you are is just a person who they would come for in a in a t- term of crisis you don't manage it day to day you're slowly detaching and that detachment eventually leads to the point where you know you just want to detach from everything and pursue one single thing but i think so you know that's uh, that's 100% it's a beautiful thing that you have just mentioned to be yeah. honest it's it's really beautiful how you put it together uh, right in at 70 if you are still in grahastha then probably you will never attain yeah. moksha yeah in it so uh, you will you'll be stuck correct somewhere because uh, it takes time yeah. to detach uh, because uh, that's the sort of a hard thing yeah, and it's it? not just i'm i'm not just talking about uh-huh. physical or sexual desire even that detachment that when you're 70 that you still want to check your bank account you know you still want to check how your factory is doing you still want to amass more wealth so mm-hmm. i'm talking about that feeling of oh not enough more aggrandization uh, more collection and hoarding than you know giving up in detachment yeah yeah it's um, 100% yeah. it's crazy nice next is uh, society and uh, conformity versus individuality i mean this we have spoken many mm-hmm. times but uh india uh, is it it is a the society tends towards conformity and then there is a societal values and one thing is everyone keeps their value system uh so life in itself is hard and everyone needs value and recognition and then that's why at the end of the year you look towards appraisal and see what your ratings are what is the percent of hike that you're getting and what not um but then also uh, you get a little later in the life you are trying to get validated by the society and the people around you uh, this sort of keeps them going for parents especially like we spoke uh, about how they seek they are afraid of uh, uh, the relatives in society right because they they sort of think that they are getting validated by society and it kind of keeps them going um uh, but children live in a different generation and world and then uh, they have their own individual identity so especially with you know as as you say the common phrase the world is in your palms because of uh, uh, internet and uh, the connectivity that we have so 
individuality is becoming a much more of a thing in the country and uh, as i said the, the 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 child's character and beliefs outgrows their parents and the community um so obviously that's kind of the when you look from their perspective the child will be a black sheep and uh, also they call it's being westernized but not just west in many many parts in the east you have individuality as a belief um um so uh, that's one thing uh, so this conflicting ideologies like conformity and individuality is uh, one of the reasons why there is such conflict and toxicity around the point in marriage next one's uh, lies this is this is uh, this is a pet peeve of mine mm. it says you know parents in society say all you need to do is study well for 10th and 12th, uh, 12th yeah, grade 10th to 12th. Uh, and then what yeah then once you finish it you're yeah. sorted and then then you're like oh now you're in degree it's very important because this gives you the job yeah. and money what not uh, so you once you finish it you're sorted then you move on to one this beautiful colorful mm. uh, life which you have always dreamt of you get there you focus on your job blah 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 quick 25 get married done wait ha- hang on where is the cloud line that you promised uh, when we were when i was 12 and this uh, <laughs> then by then it's too late uh, because you have already bought into the lie and then you have fallen victim mm. so and then obviously uh, you remember things from your childhood and when these things are promised and uh, you don't get it and then you eventually think oh such lies yeah. um and then that's uh, that's something which triggers rather unhealthy relationship uh then this obvious ones like physical aspects you know how you have uh, gurus for everything love guru sex guru relationship <sighs> group this that no, people are uncomfortable about yeah. touchy subjects yeah. yeah so that's uh, i mean this is others again we can kind of link it education and society which you already spoke about uh that's pretty much it from from uh the reasons or understanding section next unless you have anything to add we will move on to solutions possibly. oh yeah no before solutions i wanted to touch base on eugenics remember when we spoke about this whole uh, social engineering yeah, yeah, yeah this patriarchal society or what not uh see like even even if you look at the study of caste in india um and you look at the study of ca- similar structures in in ancient greece it's quite similar you had you know you had those philosopher kings you had the philosophers you had the kings you had <coughs> yeah. the workmen or the bi- businessmen and then you had the slaves so uh the classification of societies into different strata was i think the most easiest way to manage a a, a collective because we went on from becoming more than a tribe to an actual functioning society um there is an argument uh, i don't know again i don't know how well it stands the test of things because it is more to be studied on there is an argument that that level of social engineering or eugenics is what gave india and ancient civilizations the the brightest of people like aryabhatta or like you know bhaskaracharya mm-hmm. and all of that because you were considered to be in each strata based on your merit not by birth so if you were in you were a seeker mm. of intellectual pursuits and noble thoughts you were supposed to be uh, the philosopher or the brahman in philosopher in greece and like say the brahman in in the indian caste system if you had this affinity towards governance statecraft 
and you had uh, you know public <coughs> policy and that was your interest then you would be considered to be a king or like you know within that army of the forces the military and what not and if you had this mm. unique knack for business you would be i mean basically you were segregated into all of these castes based on merit uh, that you put, displayed not by sheer you know birth mm. but i think somewhere that uh, because the outcomes were good i think they started confining it within those circles which eventually degraded a lot so uh, i think um, sigmund freud's nephew had written this book on eugenics or social engineering where they tried this i think um, 1800s 1900s ish so i mean i think there's some there is some uh, level of positive outcomes from it but not in a way where it can be a perverse uh idea to deny something you know like even with an arranged marriage when you think of it uh let's say i'm not in love and i want to be in an arranged marriage i can obviously think about economic outcomes right not just for my self interest from the mm. from the woman's self interest as well now let's say i had a mm. farmland of 2 acres and right next to my farmland was another farmland mm. of 2 acres and then i was a son and there was a daughter i think that union was good because now together the family owns 4 mm. acres of land so yeah, it's the same thing that happened mm. with with royalty in the past it was to expand owned territory it was to expand more territory and more control so i think the idea of a better prospect not just from a physical standpoint but in economical and an intergenerational standpoint is is definitely a thing when it comes to arranged marriage i think it's going to be fundamental when it comes to it like you either want to be married to your equal if not more you know um hmm. so i think these things are quite fundamental to that principle of marriage in itself uh, at least arranged marriage yeah so i think yeah it runs quite deep into the into the system and the society yes. and we'll talk about eugenics yeah. and then um it 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 worked well until until the exploitation Correct. when right. it becomes anything becomes perverse yeah anything becomes perverse and you can see the decline and the downfall of it for sure yeah yeah um yeah that's that's the thing and i, I think when you say when you sort of compare this greek um uh, the, the the parallels between greek and indian societies um uh, early societies or ancient societies right and sort of in the west what has changed is towards that time like either age of enlightenment um or age of uh, reason as you call that's when things changed and then society become much more much more of a level playing field because you mentioned this eminent personalities who were able to become such because of yeah. eugenics and uh, in the west that sort of stopped when uh, after renaissance mm. and then the age of scientific revolution and age of enlightenment right so everything became a level p- playing field and that's how it is supposed to be i mean uh, that's a, but it it has not happened in india yet if you think about it it's still still a major problem but then again india is a very ancient civilization, civilization. Yeah. Uh, i think and it it has not gone through this up and down, ups and yeah. downs like as frequent as what you have seen true. in the that's west true. so probably that's yeah. one of the and reasons. i think this uh, if you wait enough yeah. i think this frequency is probably just a glitch yeah. in that that continuum of civilization you know what we're going through right now the yeah, past that's 200 that, 250 yeah. years can it's again uh, like it's much it's much more of a 
it's much more of a sedentary civilization yeah. isn't it at yeah. the moment it's a very laid back civilization that's seen everything yeah. people are not indians are not very hands on on things they don't like to tinkering yeah. rather they like thinking yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they uh, my guru used to say that uh, there are places in near to my hometown which is very peaceful calm quite nice you know people get on with their daily lives mm. and probably they have not heard about the second world war or uh, the uh, the atom bomb right uh, so you know that's the sort of civilization that we are talking about but uh, the but the what happened was this the, the disturbance in force came when internet came along now it's much more of a connected world right so yeah cool 